Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis, the 15th chapter. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven, and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 John chapter 4. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, 
But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Gospel reading for today is one of the most interesting texts that we have in the Bible. It's one that theologians from all walks of the church will study over and over again. And one of the big questions that is asked is, is this story a parable? Which, as you know, is basically a metaphor that Jesus is using to make a point. Or, is this an actual historical thing that happened? And the reason that we ask that question is because if this is a historical account, if Jesus is telling us a story about what happens, then we're going to get a little bit uncomfortable. Because this story has things in it that make us wonder, well, hang on, is, is heaven actually going to be like that? Are, are we actually going to be able to see and communicate with the people who are in hell? If this is a true account, a historical account of Jesus that he's telling us, then the answer is yes. And that probably makes most of us feel a little bit uncomfortable. But at the same time, whether it's a parable or a historical account, Jesus is actually using it to do the same thing. He's using it to make a certain point. An important point, in fact, the point that we don't get to decide. We don't get to judge other people. We don't get to question God in his decisions and how he has set things up. And so that discomfort inside of us can betray a lack of trust in God. And yet, again... Whether it's a parable, whether it's a historical account, the point is the same. Listen, therefore, to this story and hear what Jesus is trying to teach us. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, 
and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. The parable starts off on earth. And it starts off on earth with the rich man. This rich man who is clothed in purple and feasts sumptuously every single day. And this word sumptuously here, this isn't like, oh, he had a big dinner. This is, he had a banquet every single night. And the fine purple clothing, purple was the most expensive of dyes in those times. And so to have purple clothing was the finest clothing that you could possibly have. How many of us are clothed and eat well every day? Now, I don't think that any of us are going to be having a banquet every night, and I doubt that all of us intend on wearing a three-piece suit for every single day. But I do bet that you all have food at home that you're planning on eating. I do bet that you all have clothes other than what you're wearing right now. Is that true of everyone that you know? Does everyone that you know have food tonight? Does everyone that you know have clothes that they can wear that aren't going to be dirty for the next week? Aside from him being rich, the other defining point of the rich man that we see is that he is ignoring the needs of Lazarus at his gate. How many times do you think that he walked by Lazarus to get home? How many times do you think that he just chose to pretend he wasn't there? Chose to ignore him? How many times do we choose to just ignore the poor that are around us? To ignore the people who just want our leftovers? To ignore the people who just need another pair of jeans? How many times do we make those excuses? How many times do we come up with reasons for not helping someone instead of trying to come up with reasons to help them? Of course, the other character in our story is Lazarus. Lazarus, the one who's being ignored, the one who's covered in sores and just wanted the scraps from the rich man's table. Who do you know that's like that? Who do you know that might be sick? That might be so poor that they'd be perfectly happy with leftovers? Aside from being poor and sick, the other thing that defines Lazarus is that he has been spurned by the rich and the powerful. The rich man ignored him. They let him get so bad that the dogs were coming and licking his wounds. Do you spurn people simply because they aren't as blessed as you are? 
Do you expect that God will bless you in heaven simply because he has given you earthly blessings? We see in this parable that just because things are one way here on earth does not mean that they will be that way in heaven. Simply because God has chosen to not bless Lazarus here on earth doesn't mean that he will not be blessed in heaven. And simply because God has chosen to give you many earthly blessings here in this world, and he has given most of us many earthly blessings, does not mean that those blessings will be with you in heaven. You cannot use your earthly treasures in order to save yourself. You cannot use the earthly blessings that he has given you for here and now in order to assure yourself of your salvation. You cannot use your works, your energy, to save yourself. None of that matters in heaven. And of course, we see that here in heaven, where all of a sudden, the great reversal happens. This is a common theme in the Gospel of Luke, where the people who are low get taken up, and the people who are high get taken down. And so we see the rich man ends up in torment in Hades. We see that he is burning in the fires of hell. And yet we also see that he is still unrepentant. He still, even as he speaks to Abraham, notice that he speaks to Abraham, not to Lazarus, he still tries to order Lazarus around. He literally asks Abraham to send Lazarus to hell just to drop a little drop of water on his tongue. The rich man still thinks he knows better than God. He still thinks that he is able to judge those who he believes are lesser than him. While Lazarus, interestingly enough, we don't hear much about what's going on with Lazarus in heaven. All that we know is that he is at the side of Abraham and that he is being comforted. And that's enough for us to know. Abraham, on the other hand, gives us a little bit of a lecture about what's going on. We see that it is, in fact, Abraham who is comforting Lazarus, which is quite interesting. But also it is Abraham who explains things. To the rich man. He explains that the rich man had received his good things on earth. And that Lazarus had received bad things on earth. And so now in heaven, Lazarus was receiving the good things. And the rich man was receiving the bad things. As I mentioned earlier. Your good blessings here on earth don't mean anything. In heaven. However, you can use those earthly treasures, you can use those earthly blessings to help the people who are here on earth. If you have leftovers, you can share them. If you have jeans or pants or anything that you are planning on throwing away that are still maybe decent, you can give them to somebody. If you want to invite somebody over, you can do that. After Abraham explains this, the rich man finally realizes that 
there's nothing more he can do for himself. You should have realized before that there's nothing anyone can do for themselves, but here it's too late. He's already in hell, and there's nothing that can be done for him. However, we see that there must be some scrap of mercy or compassion or something going on there, because he seems to be concerned about his siblings, who are still alive. And so, he asks Abraham to send Lazarus. Again, notice that he's asking Abraham to send Lazarus, still thinking he can control Lazarus. But he asked him to go to his brothers and to tell them about his fate so that they were warned, so that they know not to make the same mistakes. And even though we might see that and be like, well, that seems to be a decent idea, at least, Abraham shuts him down immediately. He says, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. The rich man's brothers already had everything they needed. The rich man himself already had everything that he needed. They had Moses and the prophets wherein they will hear about their Messiah who was going to come and save them on the cross. And thanks be to God that even here and now you also have Moses and the prophets. In fact, you are even more blessed than those in the Old Testament because you also have the apostles in the New Testament. You have the very words of that Messiah who came for us. You have everything that you need. Jesus has already died on the cross for you. He has already earned forgiveness for you. And you have that already. You have been given it through the word, through the sacraments. Claire just received that this day when she was washed clean of her sin. Jesus came down, the Spirit came down to live inside of her, to wash her clean. She has these gifts. And we all have these gifts. And yet, just like sometimes people ignore Lazarus and the poor, how often do we ignore these heavenly gifts that God has already given us? If the brothers do not hear them, even someone rising from the dead will not convince them. If someone does not hear the word of God, does not listen to it and believe it, nothing will convince them. Not even someone rising from the dead. Jesus even proved that to us because he actually did rise from the dead. We have somebody who rose and came back to tell us what was going to happen. And he did. And we have that here and now. And yet, if people choose to ignore that, if they choose to ignore the word of the one who has come back from the dead, they will end up in the same place that the rich man did. You are free to hear the word that is being spoken to you. To hear about the many heavenly treasures that God has already earned for you. That were earned for you on the cross and that were delivered to you through word and sacrament. You have them now already here. And that 
having those gifts here and now, those heavenly gifts here and now, is the motivation behind why we use our earthly treasures to help those around us. If God cared so much for us here on earth that he was willing to bring heaven down to us, send his son down to us to die for us so that we could believe in him and have his gifts here and now, how much easier is it for us to be able to share these temporal earthly things with those around us? God knows what he's doing. We don't have to question whether or not he is doing the right thing. He is. We know this to be true. He went so far as to sacrifice his son for you. And therefore, you are free to trust in that God. Free to trust in the Jesus who died for you. And the Spirit who has come to create faith inside of you. He knows what's going on. And you can trust him. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.